0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Seize the Podcast, where we have meaningful and honest conversation with entrepreneurs who are in the business to make the ocean a better place. This week, we chat with Amanda Horn. She is a Canadian entrepreneur who recently founded the beauty brand Lowless, dedicated to help all of us reduce our water consumption in our skin care ritual, especially when we're shaving. I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode where we chat about her connection with water and the ocean, her transition from working in the wine and spirits industry to now being a founder, and her aspiration for herself and for her business. I hope you get inspired by this episode. Please, if you like it, as always, give us a positive feedback and maybe a follow and a like. That would be super helpful for the podcast and to help us reach new people who are also interested in saving the ocean. Have a good episode. They often say that planet Earth should have been called planet ocean. We agree with that. After all, most of our planet is covered in salt water. And for many years, we thought that humans could never have a significant impact on this big blue body of water. But here we are today. The oceans are under several threats: Overexploitation, climate change, plastic pollution, the list could go on and on. But what if some businesses could play a big role in reversing those threats and saving the ocean? We believe it's possible. And we are here to shine the light on entrepreneurs who are already dedicating their life to impact positively the ocean. Welcome to Seize the Podcast. Awesome. Well, welcome, Amanda, to Seize the Podcast. Super excited to have you here.
1: Thanks so So much.
0: I'm very excited because you have a very unique background um, and you are currently the founder of Lowless, which is a water responsible and blue beauty brand that is inspired by the connection between human and the ocean. I'm very Mm -hmm. excited to dive into that, but before I would love to know who you are, what's your background, what's your story, what did you study, and all of that. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited um, to be here and to kind of start to document and and tell the story of of how I've gotten here on this very non-linear path um, to being an ocean-minded entrepreneur. Um, so I'm, I'm Amanda and I'm, when I introduce myself, I always start by saying like, I'm a dancer first. That's how I grew up. That's one of my like first passions um, in life. Um, but professionally I am um, a marketer. Um, I went to school for, for communications. Um, so I've been working as a brand manager actually in the wine and spirits industry um, for about the last uh, seven years. Um, My path through education as well has been extremely non-linear. I have a lot of different hobbies and interests, and that always takes me all all different ways. Um, I actually started out in political science when I went to school first, you know, 13 or some odd years ago. Um, So I started off in the nation's capital, um, Ottawa, Ontario, um, pursuing a degree in political science and public administration. And I remember being around so many people who were very passionate and knew what they wanted for their career they were very clear on what that role looked like um a lot of them were in government um as I was also working as as a page in the House of Commons so there was so much about what does your career look like in in politics and for me that was something that i just i couldn't I couldn't see and i I loved. Um, what it represented, but I wasn't sure where I stood on a lot of those things that that make up your identity that make it really clear about where it is that that you want to go. Um, so I ended up leaving Ottawa and transferring to McMaster University to pursue a degree in communications and media, which just for me being the creative, the like artist by background, I do graphic design. I've always loved painting and all these different forms of art same with dance. Um, it just really started to be the sum of what um, I thought I was getting closer to, to what it is that that I might want. I always said that teaching and education would be the backup plan or the plan that I didn't have at the time, but I was still just very, very open. Um, and I was a hard worker and, and I did really well in my studies. So I think that that opened up um, a lot of doors as well. But as I started moving through communications and found that marketing and advertising was something that I was just naturally, um, yeah, just naturally attuned to. And I think back to now how when I was in high school, my business teacher told me you'd be great in in marketing. But at the time, I had a very narrow mind about what marketing was. And so I thought that that meant you would be writing jingles for commercials <laughs> and being fully in advertising, which did not interest me at all. So I kind of wrote it off, but I started to slowly like make my way back to it and ended up in... Uh, the food and wine industry, which is the second way that I would describe myself. I'm definitely a foodie. Um, I love food. I love everything to do with it, from from writing about it, from food styling and photography. It was just another way that I found I could combine a lot of my passions and, and my skills together. Um, so yeah, for the last six, seven years, I've, I've been in in the world of wine, um, which is incredible as, as a marketer because winemakers are essentially farmers and a lot of these have really beautiful stories that are long rooted in 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 history and there's so much between like the art and science of food pairing and how does that translate to what ends up on the shelf at, at the liquor store what motivates somebody to to buy that bottle are they interested more in in the taste or is it is it more the occasion so always taking this like marketing mindset um but yeah, that's really like how I, how I got started. And because I was traveling so much for work, um, I was in a long distance relationship at the time. I am somebody who taking their personal care routine on the road was always like the last thing on my mind. And running between events was always the person who was forgetting to shave. So I was very like laissez-faire about my routine. So I had this idea to create, and I'll get more into the products in a little bit. But I've always had this idea for a convenient like, way to replace shaving without the shower. So I probably had this idea about six years ago or so, um, but the positioning never really made sense to me. Um, and then as I started to find my way back to the ocean through scuba diving and you know, the pandemic, not being able to travel, that was all that I wanted to do once the restrictions were lifted and I was actually able to leave Canada again. So I ended up finding um, a dive master and conservation training program um, that I've had on my my bucket list to do. And I committed to it in September of 2021 with the intention of leaving May. So just last year, May 2022, I was going to be spending three months in Nusa Penida, Indonesia, um, advancing my scuba dive training, which at the time was just a recreational thing, but now it's kind of weird to say that I'm a professional scuba diver, which is which is exciting. But through that, I found that there was room for marketers in this ocean conservation, ocean literacy space. And just like everybody, I think people did a lot of soul searching throughout the last couple of years. And like, what is that? What is that purpose? And how can you bring all the things that you love and that you're good at together um, and make an impact? And ultimately, that has what has led me to to launching Lowless. So, I'm so excited to be able to share it now.
0: <laughs> I love that. What a what a story. I absolutely love talking oh. with people <laughs> who have a non-linear path, uh, a yeah. background that we would have never mm. expect maybe them to end up in the ocean feel, you know, coming from the wine industry. Yeah. That's really really different, but Perfect. I love that. And I think we need more <laughs> example of people who pivoted in their life maybe a little later or completely hmm. changed direction and get other people mm-hmm. inspired to follow their passion.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So I want to know, did you always, or the kind of person that had a business idea in your mind, were you always that person that had the entrepreneurship fiber, as we say, or do you, mm-hmm. do you think that when you had your idea, uh, you had a little bit of a doubt because you never expected yourself to be an entrepreneur. You did, never saw yourself as, as one. What do you, what's your process for that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely an ideas person. I'm a serial ideator. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because, when you are this nonlinear, like, different thinker, it's really hard to feel like you fit in, in, in spaces that do have a lot more structure. So it's always kind of like, there she goes again, she's got another crazy idea and I have a lot. I will not discount anybody who's ever said that to me. <laughs> um, and for me, it's having a lot of ideas, but having a lot of quality ideas obviously is what, um, what matters. And for me, I always knew like I do want to end up owning my own business. There's just so much that really draws me to being an entrepreneur. Um, And also in connecting with other entrepreneurs, that's where I feel like the most most alive and most like myself. So I know that that is the right space for me. Um, Taking that leap and deciding that this is the time absolutely was a wait for the right idea to make it fit and continue to move forward with that. So um, yeah, I think I've always known that I would end up having something I just I think of the multiple ideas and things that I've had over the last couple of years some have been in tech and in wine like I, I'm able to, to see a problem and kind of think is there a solution is this a viable business um, and if it's not then you know it's just not the right time to, to move forward with something but I think the timing of what I was working on and like I said I've had it for for quite a while but why like pro- asking somebody to consider changing what they do already so naturally like shaving in the shower sure that's super convenient you're already in there really people think of dry shaving like anytime when they're like oh i missed a spot or i forgot to shave which is very much like how i came to it so now the positioning became how can that actually be promoted as a better shave not only for you and your skin and all like the unpleasant things that do come along with it Um, but also ultimately be better for the ocean. And so I think as this serial ideator, one of my powers is be able to connect two seemingly unrelated things, which drives a lot of people crazy. So like when we are brainstorming, I'll be able to see so clearly how two completely unrelated things can come together. Um, So I really have to challenge myself to communicate my idea clearly. So I have to think it through first. I have to get it out of my head on down on paper and make sure it can be explained simply, because um, it is very overwhelming dealing with us creatives sometimes, which I'm fully willing to admit. <laughs> but I just love that you are bringing all these conversations together. Um, but really, like it takes these crazy ideas to be able to make changes, whether they're large or small. Um, so I think I've always had that a little bit in in my DNA. And it's exciting to be able to now feel comfortable in it and to to champion that yeah (laughs) I
0: love that and yeah I completely agree I think we need a lot of different kind of people and a lot of creative people in this field to be able to like you're saying like Mm -hmm. connect to feel that we wouldn't think um, they actually have a connection together and maybe diving more into this one can you tell us about what are the impact of our beauty ritual uh, especially shaving because you're developing a, uh, a, yeah. pr- a shaving product what's the impact mm-hmm. what's the actual impact on the ocean and how is lowless trying to um remediate this this impact that's yeah. negative right now
1: absolutely Absolutely. So yeah, this whole idea of, you know, can dry shaving save the ocean? This is something that seems so small, and it's definitely part of a larger industry conversation to do with the beauty industry, um, which is notoriously bad for a lot of things. Um, One, you know, we've got a lot of chemicals and toxins in the ingredients that go into beauty products. So this whole clean beauty movement, um, which there really is no definition of what it means to be clean, but that's absolutely something because if it's not safe to go on our skin, it's definitely not going to be safe for the waterways and the systems that ultimately lead to to the ocean. Um, if you take a look at pretty much I'm um, get like any product that you've got in your bathroom, whether it's shampoo conditioner or any sort of formulation, most likely, that first water, first ingredient on your ingredient label is going to be water. So there is an overconsumption of water, fresh water, as a resource, um, which is kind of unnecessary. So one as a consumer, you're paying a premium for products that are basically diluted. And the way that products are laid out on an ingredient list shows the highest component um, first, um, all the way down to the lowest amount of active ingredients. So typically water with a shampoo conditioner between 70 to 90% water. Then you're applying that in the shower, which is, you know, if you take, if you shower and you wash your hair and you do a deep conditioner and you shave, your shower is going to be like 20 plus minutes and you're using about 10 liters um, of water per minute that you shower. So it's about reducing our water footprint, not only at home as consumers in our personal care routines, being careful of what is going on our bodies in our bodies because it's going down the drain and ultimately polluting that waters as a source, but also then we have to look at at packaging. Um, and when we look at the plastic, we try to avoid using language like crisis, Um, but it is, and it's amazing to see how much innovation is being done in alternative solutions to plastic. Um, But as a diver, there are dives where sometimes I see more plastic floating by than fish, and that is extremely frustrating. Um, You get microplastics and microbeads and a lot of things that actually end up in the formula. So whether we're ingesting them or some of the, the marine life, it's just not great for anybody. So there's so many different ways to look at it. And when you're building, attempting to build um, a sustainable brand from the beginning, it's extremely challenging to be completely like net are on all of those. So with Lola's and I'll explain the name um, in a second. I I might as well just do it now. So (laughs) low means water. Um, And it's actually my niece who is also, she's bilingual. So when she was learning to talk and she was thirsty, every beverage on the planet was low. And it would be like, low, low. It was just so cute. And I remember just drawing an L-O with a wave on it and was like, I will attach this to one of my ideas at some point in the future as the logo or something. Um, And then with waterless being lowless in franglais, <laughs> um, yeah. then that became, you know, using less water, less plastic and less waste in our everyday lives. So it's twofold because as brands, we need to design better, more responsible businesses from the ground up, making better decisions on what our what packaging um, is being used, what materials are used, being used for that, um, the ingredients that are going into the formulation itself, and then overall just reducing, you know, our, our carbon footprint. So with, Lola's right now, we say that we're a water responsible brand, which means that we're using water safe ingredients. So anything that needs to be um, can be rinsed is not going to impact the treatment of the water it's not going to be clogging the pores of the corals let's say as you're using like um, if you're using it while you're traveling or abroad Um, and we are waterless in manufacturing there's no water in our products themselves and um, in use for you as a consumer ultimately so it's it's convenient for you because you also don't need access to water um, and more conscious for your skin and the environment. So you're getting a better product full of better of ingredients um, that ultimately we would argue is a more soothing and addictive way to shave because shaving in the shower is really hard as a woman. <laughs> you have to do like acrobatics and it's quite dangerous actually.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can, can you tell us, so the, the product you're developing is a gel. From my understanding mm-hmm. so it would be let's mm-hmm. say i'm you know ready to go for a beach day and i personally want to shave my legs not everybody wants that's up mm-hmm. to everybody but i would love to do that for me um i just need to take yeah. the gel put it i don't need to go in the shower i need to put it on my legs and just shave and basically wipe with a towel after is that how it that's works that's
1: it <laughs> pretty much. And so it. the nice thing is that yeah, so we replace um I love coconuts. I'm obsessed. I think that they have so many benefits for your skin, whether it's the oil, the water, the milk, like the meat itself. Um, So we've used that and we've got a couple of different formulas because, you know, when I started my research and was talking to people, do you just in general, do you prefer lotion? Do you prefer more liquid formulas? Are you a body butter kind of a person? Is it a cream? So we've got a couple of different things, but the first one that we're excited to bring to market will be a gel. So exactly as you said, um, it's, I like to think of it as like a three in one product because if you think about shaving it's really the first step in your skincare routine because the act of using a razor can disrupt your your skin's barrier so whether you're somebody that gets ingrown hairs or a razor burn or bumps or you know the potential nicks and cuts you want to make sure that there's a nice like hydrating like moisturizing layer that goes on first so yeah essentially you would just massage the gel um, into your skin add an extra thin layer so you've got a little bit more of a barrier between your razor and that shave away. The only thing you would need to do is either wipe your razor or rinse it if you do have access to water um, and then you just you can use the rest of it as a moisturizer. But it is really great in reducing a lot of those negative effects um, um, on your skin. So as you know, this is our initial MVP that we're putting out into market. Um, and I'm not a chemist by any means. So it's been a really crazy learning career going into product development it started with me ordering what the ingredients I thought I wanted from Amazon, like in January of last year. And, you know, putting things together and using the blender in the kitchen and thinking, oh, maybe this is a formula that I will have a lab create, but it went moldy because I didn't know about preservatives. So then I had to obviously <laughs> outsource that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it really is a really nice soothing and there may be Um, some other formats that, that follow that, but ultimately it's about promoting a better way to care for your skin, whether you're choosing to, to, just to shave, excuse me, um, or in between shaves. Um, so yeah, it's like a pre shave and after shave all in one.
0: That's so great. And definitely useful. I would see myself as a consumer using that kind of product, (laughs) (laughs) and um
1: especially like so being I... on the go and like if you're camping or you're on vacation or like you said if you're at the pool like whatever there's so many places um to use it and that was the idea but as I started going through development, I'm like I would potentially use this every day instead or however frequently um you are shaving and it's interesting because I'm not somebody who was really big into cosmetics and skincare. And I think now like entering my thirties, I'm like, that's all that like the skincare, like really does matter. So finding things that have the best ingredients, um, you know, you only have one of these. (laughs) And so, um, it's been a great, it's been a really interesting learning for me and I'm super excited to just be, to be getting it out there and see what people think.
0: Well, thank you for, for sharing all of that, that process. I, I know it's probably um, very intimidating when you start a project which you have like you're like you're saying you're not a chemist so it was, pr- it was probably a, a mm-hmm. up and down path I can say um, but yeah so I know <laughs> that low is uh also focus on creating a community creating really something Mm -hmm. around the brand and i know you are a marketer like you're saying you know that's something that's really uh, near and dear to you so can you tell us how do you think um yes creating a a great product for your skin for the environment um, Mm -hmm. but also creating a community around that can have an actual impact on the ocean and and a positive Mm -hmm. impact
1: yeah, definitely. Um, so for me, this whole thing came back to me. So I had the idea for the gel years ago. And then in January 2021, um, I always set a word of the year kind of like as an intention rather than a resolution. So, you know, we'd been in isolation. I was living alone at the time and was just thinking, like, I really want to focus on connection, which is back to myself because I just really wasn't feeling creative. Work wasn't flowing. Um, the things that I really like normally loved, I just felt so disconnected from. So that was what I set out as my word of the year. And I'm not somebody who likes cold water by any means. When I first started diving, I was wearing a seven millimeter wetsuit in Mexico, which I now think is crazy. <laughs> but a friend um, actually got me out to one of these cold exposure Wim Hof breath work dips in the lake Um, so it's January in Canada it was probably in the negative temperatures that day but I started reading up on this wave of the power of breath and the power of cold and what that can do for your mental health and using water as, as a wellness tool so that's something that really really spoke to me And I started to experience those benefits over the next couple of months. So I became addicted to the cold water, which I would say is, is a big thing. So I started to look at like, why is water making me feel more creative and more like myself and just feeling better and more healthy? Um, so that was, that was really big. So creating this community, um, and reading into, our human and ocean connection. Like, I live in Ontario. There's no ocean near me. I'm surrounded, sure, by beautiful Great Lakes, freshwater bodies, um, but always like feeling very called to the ocean. And I started thinking my next extension for breath work for me was free diving. So I actually read an um, incredible book by James Nestor Deep, which is exactly on this topic. And I thought, okay, this human connection is now actually being, human ocean connection is now actually being talked about and not having a science background, but having come back to science from an applied lens, like whether it's through wine tasting or it's through cooking and now through diving and free diving and understanding how our bodies respond when we are in a body of water was just so fascinating to me. And because our bodies are made of, you know, 70% water, so are our brains and, um, or 70% of the brain is also made up of water and 70% of the earth is is covered in water. So that was a really interesting parallel that I just like kind of mind mapped it out as a theme and thought there are so many different ways to connect and be impacted day to day. Whether it's like, personally, you know, commercially, there were so many ways to look at this, this connection. And came obsessed with freediving, but again, couldn't travel. So I did luckily get to do that while I was in Indonesia and I cannot wait to to go when, it, again, it was just the ultimate um, feeling of like sense of place and home. I think it felt just completely freeing. And when you meet other ocean lovers and, and people, there's very much those who sit on, on the fear-based side of it. And whether that's because they saw Jaws as a kid or they've had a traumatic experience in the water, but When you talk to people who have had these positive water experiences, that connection is just instantaneous. Um, You already know that you bonded over something. And I just love all the people that talking about the ocean in my business that have, have really brought me to. So I would say that that for me made me feel like you can absolutely use this brand to create that change and be a catalyst for being stewards of the ocean. There are millions and millions of divers worldwide. There are surfers, swimmers, kayakers, whatever sport that you do that is connected to the water. Um, when you talk to a lot of them, you know they've had very similar, almost like a spiritual experience with it. So it makes it feel like we can actually create this, this wave. Um, even if you're not somebody who likes going in the water, but you've enjoyed spending time on a beach probably the last time you booked a hotel room, you were like, how much is the ocean view room? You know, like that's a key word in in real estate. Everybody loves to feel, um, and there's so much science behind what that, what the impact of being near water on water does for our bodies and our health. Um, So that's definitely a big pillar when it, when it comes to lowless, And that's the part for me that comes really easily. It's just focusing on let's make a great product that, people are going to find convenient. They're going to love the performance of it. And then all of these other stories and conservation and community will just be the supporting um, supporting piece. So um, it's exciting to be able to put something out that has positively impacted me. And then when I have these conversations with other and they reach out and Lately now, people like to text me when they're shaving. They're like, oh, I was thinking of you. I could really use your product right now. But it even feels even better when they said, oh, my gosh, I jumped in cold water for the first time. And I thought you were crazy before, but now I get it. So um, I think that in this whole sustainability conversation and reconnecting with nature, there's so much opportunity for that. So it feels really like a really good time to to be leading these conversations.
0: So Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's so interesting because, especially the younger generations who are, um, you know, much more conscious Mm -hmm. about climate change and the the plastic crisis, like we're talking about, um, I think a lot of them are looking to consume brands who actually have a story around them, who are doing good, Mm -hmm. who have great impact, who are uplifting their community. So I think that's. I think that's really interesting and that's definitely needed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. on that topic, I would love to hear your thought on what are the role and responsibility of beauty brands uh, regarding sustainability of their product and plastic consumption? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. do you think a an, a company's responsibility is and where do you think a consumer client responsibility is?
1: Yeah. Interesting. So it's such a challenge because these large corporations who have run all these different, like they own everything. Right. So it's really, it's really great to see um, what we call indie or independent beauty brands who are not owned by these start to like lead this wave. Um, and because consumers have so many ways to use their voice and tell us what it is that they're looking for like we're actually seeing that impact you know this whole cancel culture thing and a lot of it is is extreme um but consumers realizing that they have that power and the fact that these younger generations are starting to use it is i think what is also contributing to this wave of sustainable independent brands coming through with really compelling um brand stories so now that that's what's being sought after you are starting to see the effect of these larger companies who have the money resources to be able to develop these solutions and entrepreneurs who are innovating with different materials and coming out with new and more sustainable ways we all have to like it does still have to we have to all continue to work together so i think the responsibility is for consumers to choose where they stand in this conversation. You know, you're not going to connect with an issue um, unless you understand its impact on you. And it's really hard to understand what that relationship to the ocean is when you're not living near it. You're not seeing plastic go by. You're not living in a a coastal community. Um, So taking a look and like being in that reflection of what small things that you can do because your purchasing power is huge. And I think that um, there's this just general awakening that that is happening now, which is really exciting to see. And so as brands, yeah, like I said, we need to design more responsible, better solutions and make it easy for a consumer to want to take part in those, those systems. But The more I go into it, it almost gets more depressing (laughs) because in my own (laughs) research, I thought last year when I started, okay, I'm going to look for ocean-bound plastic. And these are companies that are part of the circular economy that are recycling, hard to recycle beauty plastics, um, which I'll break down for a second because it's just something I didn't know until I started looking into it. Most of what we recycle is not actually curbside recyclable. So let's say your mascara tubes, anything that's under, I think like under 30 milliliters, is too small. If it's got a pump that sprays, there are several different kinds of plastic that make up that one piece, um, which all need to be broken down separately. So they ultimately don't; they just end up in a landfill. So the way that our the way that we're managing waste, and we're lucky that we're in a country that has pretty good waste management compared to other places but still it is so challenging to have something that is sustainable through and through because if me as a consumer assumes that i'm doing good because the recycling logo on the back of my packaging has been emphasized i feel good Um, but ultimately what needs to happen is more refillable options than less single use so that's great to see a lot of partner organizations that are helping for this, you know, you're seeing mail-back programs, you're seeing refilleries open. So it's more of that like beauty on tap bottle where you can go and just refill your shampoo and conditioner or plastic free packaging, you know, shampoo bars, shave bars, there's all kinds of different things that are coming out. um, And you have to find what works for your lifestyle at the same time and make the best decision for that. But it has to start with the brand's who are putting out the right products, um, and then consumers just continuing to keep moving it forward. So, yeah, it's it's very complicated ecosystem as I'm figuring out.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're you're right on it saying that. I think both sides have a responsibility, um, but obviously companies mm-hmm. have to make it easier and have to obviously take on on yeah. themselves to produce and offer consumer more sustainable brands. Absolutely. And so talking about building a sustainable product, I, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I would love to know what is your experience with, um, starting a brand and potentially looking for funding. Um, what's your experience with, uh, with having investor, I don't know where you are at in this process right now for your, for your company, uh, low less, but if you would like to talk about it, your experience, I would love to hear it
1: absolutely and so there are so many ways to go about funding like when you have an idea um you're gonna need time money and resources to to support that so for me i'm really lucky that as a marketer i can get my idea down on paper and then use that to to sell you're selling your idea at at that stage Um, i absolutely know that like i said i am not a chemist i'm not a formulator that's something that i'm going to need to source so I did um, what we call bootstrapping is when you use your own funds towards that. So um, I did, I had a little bit of savings and things that I had put towards building this company. So knew that I needed to have a product to be able to start to generate revenue before a lot of investors and some of the other things in my funding roadmap were going to be options. Um, I was very, very grateful to be selected um, through the American Express Blueprint program um, that does support early stage entrepreneurs through mentorship and a grant. Um, So I did receive some funding from them as well, which significantly helped um, with this next push for the crowdfunding piece and and pre-sale that I'm going to be launching. So it's a very um, interesting web. There's a lot of different resources and I always appreciate anybody's time and advice. And if I talk to... An experienced entrepreneur or somebody who has experience with with investing or building something, um, all I ask is like, who can who can you recommend that I speak to next? And just being so intentional with asking for advice and knowing that you're not going to have all of the answers. Um, so I'm very much right in these like beginnings of this, um, yeah, like funding journey. I think that. me the vision of what i would like to build and some of the innovation and future products i want to develop um i am open to um you know doing a a pre-seed and equity round so i am looking for for an investor Um, for me it's about packaging myself up um, as a founder and getting my company vision out there and finding somebody who aligns with those values who has experience in building brands um, and is hopefully willing to support um for the ride so um, yeah, you know, I've done so much research on the shaving and personal care and cosmetics industry and what that means like from a sustainability lens, um, what this whole conversation towards you know what the UN has declared is is the ocean decade and the call for ocean literacy and building more responsible brands. So there's a lot of alignment. Um, so yeah, it's really just starting to to champion that story and and get that out there and market myself, market the business and and get additional support so it's a, yeah, uh, it's That's a learning so curve for sure.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you've mentioned that you yeah. are going to launch a pre sale. I would love for you to give us the detail about yeah. that.
1: Yeah, I'm so excited. So right now you can go to either my website or Instagram, which are both go lowless or go um, for the website. Um, so yeah, that like call to action like why explore this waterless wave um, and you can go there and you can join um, the waitlist so we will be launching later this summer I'm so excited to to be putting that out there but I too am also um, launching a podcast called bodies of water where we're talking to water enthusiasts and experts anybody I've talked to who has helped frame what this blue economy looks like so we've got a lot of um, a lot being put out over the next little bit so would love to have people follow along.
0: I love that. That's very exciting. And we will definitely listen to it. Um, Maybe as my last question for this fourth episode Mm -hmm. is, what is the ultimate goal for Lola's? What's your biggest aspiration, your biggest dream?
1: Yeah, um, big, big dreams. I think one of the companies that I definitely look up to is um, L'Oreal and Biotherm. And they are actually affiliated with Sylvia Earle and Mission Blue. So as I first started looking at what is this sustainable what does this look like who's kind of playing in this waterless this ocean space am I going to be using ocean derived ingredients um for future innovation but ultimately I've decided on this company because I cannot let it go. It just, it feels, it feels so aligned to so many things for me. It's the first idea I've had where I can envision a company culture of bringing other divers, ocean lovers, whether they have a marine science background or whatever their skills are, um, building this incredible, impactful team. Um, you know, our work takes us around the world, um, and ultimately being able to, to give back to, to the ocean. So I think that there's a lot of opportunity when it comes to developing a convenient product like this in the ecotourism space. And you're seeing so much overlap between all of these, these elements. Um, so, yeah, my my big goal for that is to to eventually have, you know, impact programs and chair and other nonprofit organizations come out of it that are, one, not only giving back to communities where water scarcity is a very real problem, Um, but also ultimately just leading the way as a sustainable beauty brand and being that source of inspiration for brands to, to model their businesses after and consumers that just genuinely love and want to dive and surf and do all the water things with us. So very excited to, to bring that bring that forward.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you so much yeah. for sharing your story with us. And I cannot wait thank where you're where you going to go with lowless and with your other ideas, because I'm sure other ideas are going to come. You. <laughs> so thank you thank so you much so for much. coming on the great. podcast. Thank you so much for everybody who watched the episode or listened to it. Uh, I want to remind that on Spotify, you can watch and listen. On YouTube, you can also watch the episode. Thank you also to Amanda for taking the time to share all of her story with us. We got really inspired, I hope you guys got inspired as well. I want to remind you that if you liked the episode, we would really appreciate if you can give us a good reading, a thumbs up. If you want to share with your friends, your family, we would love to have more people discovering this new project that we have. Especially people who are really advocating for the ocean, who are looking to get inspired as well. So if you want to follow us, we are on Instagram at C.co. We are on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, on several platforms. Um, And also if you want to follow uh, Lola's uh, new adventure, uh, Amanda's new adventure with Lola's, you can find her at uh, gololos on Instagram. So thank you so much again, and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye.